All right, uh, we got a lot of information to cover tonight, so you need to listen fast. <laughs> uh, we're going to do the video on uh, page 53. You want to turn there, it's where we're going to start. I wrestled with what to do video-wise and what to do live, and so we're going to do 4A and 4B with the video. It's such good material. It's so good, and I, and I really mean this. I'm not joking when I say this. You want to listen intently to the video. I mean, because he really gives some really deep information. And beyond that, when we get to 5A, 5B, 5C, we're going we're gonna to do it. It's much more practical. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to talk through that. I'll give you the fill in the blanks, and we'll do some discussion as we go along. But 4A and 4B is going to be on the video because of the, I think, the deepness of the material and what he says. Uh, be sure to pick up, and he says this, Wayne Rice wrote a book on long-distance grandparenting. And if you live away from your grandkids and you want to know more help in that, that's a good book. I've seen it. His name is Wayne Rice, and it's long-distance grandparent. He says that, but I want to make sure you pick up, pick up on that. Later, I think it's in 4B, he's going to ask you to stay. He's going to ask those people to stand up. So when he does that, you stand up because he's going to get you to do something with your right foot or your left foot, okay? It's a Baptist church. We're not going to dance, so don't worry, okay? Uh, <laughs> But uh, So stand up when he does that because we want to participate. It's very, real simple, but you'll want to do what he, what he asks you to do. Okay, let's say prayer. Get page 53 and we'll get started, okay? Thank you, Father, for what we've learned thus far about uh, being an intentional Christian grandparent. I pray you'll touch our hearts tonight. Teach us, Lord, how we can better serve you and point our grandchildren to you, Lord. We want to be the best we can be for them. And we thank you, Lord. Thank you for all you do for us. Bless the many classes, choirs, orchestra, children, next gen, all that's taking place here on this campus tonight. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. All God's people said? Amen. All right. Good stuff. Great information. So while I want, I want to just do this again, you just saw it. Turn around. When control is up, influence is down. You're going to influence, you got to let, let go of control. As grandparents, we have how much control? No. No. And I told you all the story, and I'll remind you again. Ben and Brody, our two grandsons that live in Texas, were here visiting. We went over to Creation Station and played, and I went down the slide with them. That's probably the worst thing I'd ever done in my life, you know, <laughs> at this age, you know. So did all that stuff with them. And they said, Papa, let's go up to your office. I want to see that stuff. I got a lot of sports stuff and stuff in the office. Let's go to your office, Papa. So we'll go over there, and, and I think I told you, but uh, there was a little bobbleheads, some bobblehead sports figures in there. And Ben, who has a lot of energy, he's eight now, and uh, a lot of energy. And so he takes this bobblehead sports figure, and he just starts. <laughs> and I'm thinking he's about to break it. I mean, he, you know, it's a bobblehead, but he's taking the head. So I inadvertently didn't think, and I said, Ben! Oh, no. I tried to control and get him to stop it, which I would have done with my sons when they were younger. Just stop it, boys. Don't do that with grandsons. You know, and so months later, we are in Texas visiting, and my son, Anthony, said, Dad, we need to have a talk. Come here, Ben. So it's Anthony, my son, Ben, and me. He says, Ben needs to tell you something. So this whole month, two, three months period we've been apart, Ben's been upset with me, and I didn't know it. So we, we talked, and, and uh, I asked him to forgive me, told him I'm sorry. So 
Forget that. Forget that. I'd rather have this. And I, you know, I, we need to think. I, mean, I learned my lesson. You know, I got to think. I can't control it. You know, I learned that before I even read this session. <laughs> I learned it the hard way. So we have, we have to be careful. So I encourage you to review that. Even if you just feel it. I'm sorry? Pardon? Well, right. But in my situation, I could have done that a better way. Getting them in the car, yeah, you, I, I get that. You got to get them in the car. But in that situation with me, I could have done that better, you know. And so that that that's a little. Both of those are kind of different. But in your situation, yeah, I understand. You got to get them in the car. You got certain things they've got to do. I understand where you are there. But in my situation, it was I could have handled it a lot differently. I, I, the point I'm trying to make. Um, but I, I want my influence. We want our influence. But sometimes we have to. There are times we have to, in that situation we have to put our foot down. We have to say, "Look, we got to go." You know, you got you got things you got to do. So we have to decide which which is the best way. Uh, on your discussion things there. What number two says? What are, well, let's go back to number one. What barrier is the most present for you and as a grandparent? So by show of hands, if you don't mind showing this, either geographical, relational, or spiritual. Which one is the most, uh, let's say, uh, difficult or most present for you? Which one, geographical, relationship, or spiritual for you and your grandchildren? How many would say geographical? Okay, I got my hand up. I got two in Texas, okay? How many would say relational? All right, how many would say spiritual? Okay. So you need to recognize which one is most prevalent in your in your situation with your grandchildren and work on it. He gives us some great principles there what to work on. And number two, he says, what are some ways you can stay connected with your grandkids who live a distance from you? Praise God for FaceTime. Oh, my gosh. You know, we didn't have that when, when my boys were growing up. And, you know, they couldn't FaceTime grandparents. But my gosh, I will, I will literally on an afternoon or, or late afternoon call or text my son in Texas and say, can we FaceTime tonight? I asked for permission, you know, and, and he's sure that, you know, and they'll usually call us before they go to bed. I watched a violin lesson the other night. I watched a drum uh, lesson the other night. You know, they showed me, Papa, what all we can do. But I wouldn't be seeing that. You know, I hadn't seen them since Christmas. But I'll see them the first week in June. I'm going out there to keep them. And be with them and play and do all that stuff, you know. But what are some other ways you stay connected geographically? One thing that my son asked me the other day, postcards. And so every two or three times a week, I'll send a postcard. Now that is a mailbox, so it's kind of a thing. But she just looks forward so much to those postcards. Amen. It's a great, great, and I know you say that's old fashioned. It is not for grandchildren. I have two that live over here north of Jackson, Tennessee, and I got two that live in Texas. And I just one time sent them a little note with a little money in there. And my, my kids said, Dad, you don't know what that meant. And not the money, the note. They said, forget the money. I said, you can just send them a note. I went, wow, that's great to know. You know? So I just, in, I, I send church people notes all the time here. And I have little note cards and all. And so I started sending them notes. And my grand, my daughter-in-law in Tennessee, in, in Medina, Tennessee, says, you just can't believe what that means to them when they get mail from you. Just, and like she said, the postcard. I, I, I literally forgot about that. 
I mean, back before we had emails and all, when I was in church work, we sent postcards. I sent them on Thursday after Wednesday night, and I sent them on Monday after Sunday. I sent thousands of postcards, you know, just to be in touch with people. It still works with your grandchildren. Summers? My grandchildren say it's less than a mile from me, and I send them cards. There you go. Because they enjoy opening Absolutely. And they really enjoy it when there's money in it. I know it. All right, turn the page. I want to show you something. Turn to page 61. I don't want you to miss this next statement, and then I'll play the video. If our adult children or their spouses have walked away from God, we likely remain the only Jesus in their lives. Don't miss that statement. Okay? Right, right, right under the word premise. If our adult children or their spouses, I've underlined it, I've starred mine, have walked away from God, we likely remain the only Jesus in their lives. So don't miss what he talks about there. Let's go to that section. Let me cue it up. Good stuff. Think about, do you lead with grace or do you lead with truth? Sometimes that control factor, we want to lead with truth. But when we need to lead with grace, and I have to remind myself time and time again with my grandchildren in a lot of other ways as well. So I want you, just for a moment, uh, I don't want to do it this way. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you to think about which way are you leading your family and ask God to show you how you can better lead with grace. Just quietly at your table, heads bowed, eyes closed for a few silent moments. Ask God to reveal to you in the days ahead how you can better lead with grace. Father, thank you for the great... Uh, information that Larry Fowler and Legacy Coalition is giving us, Lord, in this Grandparenting Matters seminar. Lord, I pray you'd help us to lead with grace. Help us not to be in control. Help us to want to be an influencer in the lives of our grandchildren. Help us to be gracious. Help us to be kind and considerate. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to take that step of grace and not lead with truth unless we really need to, Lord. I pray you'll show us. You'll help us to be sensitive to the needs of our grandchildren and the needs of our adult children, Lord, to lead with grace, to be what you'd have us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. I got good news. Last week, I asked you to pray for my uncle who'd been rushed to the emergency room. His sugar was at 29, and they were not sure if he'd make it, to be honest with you. They thought maybe he'd had a stroke. So I talked to the family that night, and they had him at the hospital, and uh, later was able to dismiss him. It was just his sugar. And next day, he was much better. He's still good. I talked to him today. In fact, uh, Graydon has uh, used to uh, call on his business, called on him, and, and was a representative, uh, a rep, and knew exactly who I was talking about. So my journal was doing well, and he's very appreciative. He said today, he said, my A1C, he had a physical yesterday, was 5.5. That's low. He said, I attribute it to you people praying for me. <laughs> I said, well, thanks. So I want to ask you to do something else for me. I had a man call me today from our church. He's sharing with a neighbor right now. Right now. He has a neighbor, a young man that's a very physically fit, was training for an Ironman and had a stroke. He's 42 years old. And he had a stroke. They did some tests. They found a tumor in his brain. He's been to MD Anderson, and they are sending him home to do clinical trials, and he is concerned. Now, the man from Bellevue says, I think he's a Christian, 
I'm not sure, but he texted me today and said, I need to talk to you tonight. He's asked to talk to this Bellevue guy. So he's going to talk to him right now. So I talked to uh, the Bellevue man and told him some things to be prepared for. I told him to have the little uh, track that we gave out Sunday in classes. This little track here is real simple. I said, uh, you want to have that in your pocket. In case you need it, you can just whip it out, have it ready. And he said, I'll do that. I've got some of those. So right now, just for a moment, the uh, Bellevue man's name is David. He's sharing with a neighbor named John. And John is... You know, they're not sure about his life expectancy. So will you pray? I'm going to pray for them right now and ask you to do the same thing, okay? Father, thank you for David and his uh, um, willingness to share with John. I know today David was broken on the phone about John. He was deeply concerned, thankful for the opportunity that you were going to give him tonight. But he wanted to be prepared. But God, right now, I pray the presence of God for David as he shares with John. I pray John to be receptive. If John's not a believer, Lord, that today could be his day of salvation. But Lord, beyond that, not only heal him spiritually, but heal him physically. Lord, I pray you do a miracle in his life. Touch his body, touch his life. God, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, turn the page, and now the rest of the way, and, uh, uh, and here's that section, you got to listen fast. So to cover the material, I'm going to do it uh, myself and skip some of the discussion that Larry does because just for time, because it's going to take longer to do that. These are the eight best practices of Christian grandparents, and as, as Larry said, it is very uh, practical, very practical. So we'll give you some of the either fill in the blanks or point out. And these all come from chapter 7, on page 67, chapter 7 of Dr. Mulvihill's uh, book on biblical grandparenting. And so they all come from that book that he's given us. Number one, spiritual best, eight best practices for Christian grandparents. Number one is to ask questions. You know, be a question asker. Don't be an advice giver. Oh, my gosh. We as grandparents just want to give advice. Tell them what they ought to be doing. You know, but let's be one that asks questions. And not, not just general questions. How was your day? You know, just not general questions. Be specific in the things that you ask them. Ask better questions, if you will. At the bottom is a resource that Legacy Coalition offers that you can buy. Let's talk cards. One side is grandparent side. One side is the child side. If the child wants to ask some questions. So it's a little kind of like flip cards. You remember when you were in school and you had flip cards? Well, this is a resource called Let's Talk Cards when you want to talk to your grandchildren. Turn the page. The number two spiritual practice is intentional meals. Oh, my gosh. We could spend a day right here. You know, my, most of our children uh, work and they're busy. A lot my, my mom and dad work outside the home and they don't have enough time to come in and cook a meal and sit down. So they're doing takeouts and sitting there eating in the couch and watching ball games and all like that, and very few of them have intentional meals anymore. So when they come to grandmas and papas, we ought to have intentional meals. We've tried to do that at our house. I've had great success with it. Uh, you know, it's just Teresa and I at home now, so we don't get into cooking a lot, but when the kids come, we make sure that we do that and have intentional meals with them. You want to get around that table, make it enjoyable. Take the technology away. Uh, my uh, wife has a basket. When they come, she walks around with a basket and they have to put their cell phones. And mostly for the kids, not my grown boys, but the kids. Because they're over there playing games until we take them away. So at mealtime, 
I guess this is putting the truth foot forward instead of the grace. She takes up the phones. And it's a good thing to do when they know that, that the, my, my wife goes by honey. They know honey's going to take up their phones when it comes to mealtime. So it's a great practice to do. Practice number three is prayer. Now, go back to the mealtime. You need to have intentional prayers at the mealtime. Some families, their kids don't pray with their kids. So when their, grand, when their grandkids are here, we need to pray with them. They need to see that. They need to see uh, see that we're praying with them. <laughs> One guy said, he said, well, we unload the groceries. We just pray over them right there, and then we don't have to pray at the mealtime. <laughs> that don't work. I never heard such. You know. You know. So <laughs> I thought it was funny, but I said, don't try that. Please don't try it. But number three is pray. Uh, fill in the blank there is pray earnestly. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. James 5. It, the next line says, pray like you mean it. Let me say it like Brother Steve would say, pray like it matters. He has a little book in the bookstore. If you haven't read it, if you like little books, you'll love it. If you don't like reading, you'll like it because it's a small book. You can read it in one setting. Pray like it matters. It is a wonderful book that Brother Steve wrote on prayer. We use it in discipleship. It's a great little book. I highly recommend it. But when you pray, you pray like it matters. Be sincere. Stay focused. Pray regularly. At the bottom there it says pray regularly. Tell your grandchildren. Tell them you are praying for them. Let them know that. Ask for prayer requests from your grandchildren. For example, they may not be praying at their home with their mom and dad, your children. Even if they're not, when they come to your house, they need to be prayed with and prayed for. They need to hear you pray they need to see you pray. They need to know that you're praying for them. Make that a priority. That's the number three spiritual practice of the best thing. So the first three here, asking questions, intentional meals, and prayer. These are practical applications for you and I as grandparents. Turn to page 73. Forgive me for moving along, but time is of essence. Number four is teaching. Teach, don't merely tell. Teach, don't merely tell. Teach morals and truth through life skills. Use the decor in your home. You have scripture that may be on your walls. You have decorative items that represent the Bible. Use those things for teachable moments with your grandchildren. A key resource listed there is godly wisdom. We need to share godly wisdom with our grandchildren. We are drowning in information, but we are starving for wisdom in our society today. And you and I, just because of our years of experience, have godly wisdom, and we need to share that with our grandchildren. So number four is teaching. Number five, oh my gosh, we can stay here a while. Bible reading and memory. Even if they're not doing, now hopefully it's your, your children's home, they're praying as, as family. They're having quiet times. But even if they're not, you can do that at your house. You can teach them Bible verses. And one of the things I would recommend to you is teaching the verses you want them to know, like John 3.16, like Psalm 23, like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Uh, teaching the verses, those basic verses that you've known all of your life, make sure you share those verses with them. When you pray with them before they go to bed, share a verse with them. Have a little game with them while they're there at your house for two days, three days, or a week. Do a memory verse or two with them. Teach them a verse and let, have them memorize and then reward them for memorizing that verse. 
Of course, the first one they all want to learn is Jesus wept. That's the close, shortest verse. They all want to learn that. You know, I have verses that I know today that I memorized. I'm going to use the old word at youth camp years ago. I learned them at youth camp. Well, we had we had quiet times, and they'd send us out on a rock or on a log or something with a devotion guide, and we had what we call quiet time. And they had verses that we had us to learn. I have my my life verse is Galatians two twenty. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. I learned that as a thirteen year old, you know, and I still and that became my life verse. I love the verse. But what verses that are special to you, use them as memory verses to teach your children. Gift them a Bible. You know, they may have Bibles, but at Christmas or birthday or maybe just some unique time, give them a Bible. If you don't know what kind to buy, ask the children's workers here. Ken Hyman will tell you the children's storybook Bible for younger children. It has cartoons and pictures and descriptions in there. It's great for younger children. If you have older children or grandchildren, you may want to ask their children's workers what, what they recommend for those grandchildren their age. If you ask them, they can tell you because they deal with this every day. What you tell them the age of your grandchildren. So five, number five is Bible reading and memory. Number six is telling God's stories. Don't be intimidated, afraid, or whatever to share your testimony with your grandchildren. Talk about telling God's stories. Tell them about things that happened in your life when you were growing up. It's okay to tell them some bad things, things when you failed or when you made a mistake, how God forgave you. But find the time to share your testimony of how you prayed to receive Jesus and, and ask him into your life. Uh, you can video. One of the things, you know, Larry talks about future generations. Tell your children, children, children. Remember how he talked about teach forward. You know, your grandchildren and their grandchildren, how we want to teach them. You can video your grandchildren doing story time and keep it so they can show their children and grandchildren. When they're little now and you video them, let them have those videos that you video them and then years later, let them show them to their children and their children's children, how important that would be. Tell God's stories. Number seven, be willing to share the gospel with children. We have a thing... Uh, in church, I call them churchy terms. We can talk about being redeemed. What's that? You have somebody on the street, what you, have you been redeemed? I don't know. Have you been saved? No, I've never been lost. You know, well, they don't like to have. They don't know what's saved. I never was drowning, so I've never been saved. Do we have scriptural, biblical terms that we as Christians know, but children don't know? I'll give you another one. If you were to say, I want you to ask Jesus into your heart. They give one description. One little boy went. <laughs> Sounded good to him. He's just going to put Jesus in his heart. They asked another one, said, I want you to give your heart to Jesus. And he went. I want to take his heart out and give it to Jesus. You know, they don't understand that terminology. And so we have to share with them. We have to teach them that if they've not heard them. One of the things that Larry says is we want to tell them to trust what Jesus did on the cross. We want to teach them to trust what Jesus did on the cross. I love Brother, Brother Steve. I've used it many times. It's so simple and easy. Repent, believe, receive, RBR. You can use that with any age. 
You tell them what repentance is. You, how many times have we seen, Brother Steve? Repentance is when you're walking in this direction and you turn and you go in this direction. He's done that many times in worship here. We repent of one direction of our life. Then we believe. We believe in Jesus and then we receive Jesus. That's a simple way. We can talk to our, our grandchildren about faith. I just exercised faith. I didn't go, I think it'll hold me up. I believe it'll hold me up. No, I just sat out there. That's faith. That's just a simple illustration of faith. And we can share that with our grandchildren, what it means to have faith or to believe. My grandson in Madonna is eight. He plays a lot of baseball, other sports, uh, but he watching him play baseball, when we go see him play, I can sit there with my wife and I can point out a player and I can say that number so-and-so at shortstop, his parents have been working with him. she looked look at me and say, how do you know that? I said, you can tell. You can just tell. I said, six, seven, eight years old, you know, if they're just only going to practice, they're, they're not going to be as good as the ones that their children or uh, their parents are working with. Now, why did I tell you that? You can tell the difference in the children spiritually when their parents and their grandparents have been working with them spiritually. You can tell the difference because they understand and they've been dealt with, they've been worked with, they've been spent time with. I can tell a child when he knows how to field a ground ball and pick it up and throw it first. You know, somebody's been working with him. You know, you can tell that athletically. Spiritually, you can do the same thing. You can tell when somebody has been working with them. So I want to encourage you, you know, share the gospel with your grandchildren. Look at that bottom thing on the bottom of the page. About 75% of people in America place their faith in Jesus Christ between the ages of 5 and 13. It's the time when they are most likely to accept the gospel message. One of the things one grandparent said to their grandchildren says, you know, the number one thing I want out of life is for you to come join me in heaven. Wow. What a statement. They just told their grandchildren, says, you know, one of these days, I want you to come and be with me in heaven. It made a lasting in influence on that grandchild. That's number seven. Turn the page, and here's number eight, page 79. Giving a blessing. A practice of pronouncing God's favor upon a grandchild. Prayer intercessory is communicating to God on behalf of others. Again, prayer is communicating to God on behalf of others. When we pray, we're praying to God on behalf of others. We understand that. Blessing is communicating to others on behalf of God. By blessing is communicating to others on behalf of God. And listed here from Numbers chapter 6 is the Levitical blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Now some people say, well, that's not Baptist. Oh, just because we don't do it a lot in the Baptist church don't mean it's not scriptural because there it is right out of the book of Numbers. It's very biblical. It is very important that we bestow blessings on our grandchildren. Larry Fowler at the bottom says, the blessing is a powerful tool in the hand of a grandparent to bring God's favor on your grandchild. Who better than the patriarch or matriarch to pronounce God's favor on the family line to follow? You can make a difference pronouncing a blessing on your grandchild. Turn the page and you see it says three kinds of blessings. 
a scriptural or a blessing. It could be Levitical. It could be a scripture from Paul. It could be a scripture from Psalm that you pray over your grandchildren. You convert that prayer time to a blessing. And you may do this. You may say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And may the Lord give you peace. It becomes more personal when you use that little phrase there, may the Lord. Now, Gary Smalley and John Trent wrote a book called The Blessing. And they give you some custom blessings in that. Uh, that you can use some scripture or special thoughts about your grandchildren. So uh, if you're interested in that, so you can order it in the bookstore. Gary Smalley, John Trent, the book, The Blessing, it tells you, gives you some practical illustrations of a custom blessing. Five elements of a blessing, a meaningful touch. It's one thing to pray with your grandchildren. It's another thing to touch them when you're praying for them. A spoken message, attaching high value to them, how important they are picturing a special future or an active commitment there that you're praying over your grandchildren. Now, I know the blessing may be different to you, but I think it's something I look forward to when my grandchildren are here. And usually, very rarely, all four of them together. It's usually two or two when they, when they come. And at night, when we get quiet and get them settled down to pray with them, and for me to hold their hands or touch them on the shoulder and pray for them is incredible. It's incredible. And if you're not doing it, I, I, I stand here and beg you to do it. I encourage you. I don't, it don't matter if they're 21 or 1, whatever age they are. You ought to be doing it, bestowing a blessing on them, using meaningful touch, looking at them in the eye, reciting a Levitical blessing or something else. Make sure you're taking advantage of that opportunity. I got to move on. Turn the page, if you will, to page 87. Page 87, session six. Intentional Christian grandparents build strong relationships with both parents and the grandchildren. Relationships. And approach every interaction as an opportunity to influence their grandchildren and perpetuate their faith. I'll do those again. Intentional Christian grandparents build strong relationships with both the parents and the grandchildren and approach every interaction as an opportunity to influence their grandchildren and perpetuate their faith to future generations. Becoming an intentional Christian grandparent. Next page. Top of the page says, Spoiling, one who is focused upon intentionally influencing Future generations for good and for God, it is not about indulging. Oh, my gosh, how many times have we heard grandparents say, oh, I can't wait to spoil them. It's not important that we spoil them. It's important that we influence them. There's a difference. Notice the difference between spoiling and influencing. Failure, one who uses his or her past, whatever it may be, as a tool of influence. Being willing to share with that grandchild when you made a mistake, you experienced God's forgiveness and how God used that failure in your life. Number three, hurt. One who sets aside past hurts by an adult child and offers grace. There it is. Talked about grace and truth. That offers grace for the future. Humble yourself, let it go, forgive, and move on. And then number four, retirement. One who develops a plan 
to overcome barriers and continues to work at passing on faith to future generations. Take days of rest, not years of rest. You remember the session we talked about, Leisureville, and how all society today talks about retirement as running on the beach and being on the beach. Retirement needs to be spent with our grandchildren, spending time with them, influencing them. Don't lose sight of that word. Not spoiling them, but influencing them. And then I want you to turn to page 90 and 91. Now, the reason I did that is because of the time. We're out of time, and instead of doing the video and those last little sections there, I went through those quickly, but I wanted you to have the information. This is a six-week session that we did in three weeks, so I tried to squeeze some of it together. So here's the last thing we're going to do tonight. Page 90 and 91, my declaration. And you may not have read this yet because you get to keep your book, but I, I do this, and every time I teach this, I want you to sit up tall. I'm not going to make you stand. Just sit up tall. And I want you to read this with me and make this commitment. If you're not making it, you don't have to. But I want you to read this and let it touch your heart as we all, all say it together. Say it with me. I am a grandparent, and this is my declaration. Yes, I am a grandparent, but I am more than a grandparent. I am a Christian grandparent. I believe in the Bible and the God of the Bible. I have received the grace of the gospel of the Christ of the Bible, and I desire to be a lifelong devoted disciple. I want my grandchildren to do the same. Yes, I'm a Christian grandparent, but I am more than that. I am an intentional Christian grandparent, and this is my declaration. I love my grandkids, so I will hold them when they're born, cuddle them when they're one, chase them when they're two, read to them when they're three, play with them when they're four, and laugh at their jokes when they're five. I'll support them, exhort them, cheer them, revere them. I'll praise them, even help raise them. I'll be there for them, but that's not enough. As an intentional Christian grandparent, I will do more. I will pass on my faith. No, I will perpetuate my faith. Therefore, I will teach two generations. But I will not only teach two generations, I will think four generations. I will ponder what kind of grandparent must I be so my grandchild becomes one like me and then his carries on the legacy. Yes, I am an intentional Christian grandparent. Culture says go play. I say no thanks, I'll pray. Culture says pursue affluence. I say I'll pursue influence. Culture says, you're old, you did your time. I say, not so, I'm in my prime. Culture says, those young people, you can't relate. I say, ain't true, my influence is great. I know my grandchildren need me, but from me they need godly wisdom, my Christ-like example, my faith stories, my earnest prayers, my uninterrupted time, my unconditional love, and my God-authorized blessings. So what is an intentional Christian grandparent? Let me spell it out for you. I will guide grandkids with grace. I will respect parent roles. I will abound in my affection and nurture their nature. I will deal with the dilemma of distance. I will pray with passion and purpose. I will adjust my attitude in case I need to restore relationships. I will excel in my example. I will number my days. 
I will tell them my testimony. I will intentionally influence. I will never neglect the newest generations. Most importantly, I will give them the gospel. I am an intentional Christian grandparent. And all God's people said, I hope that you, I know you just read it maybe for the first time, but I beg of you to read it again and again and again. Refer back to that commitment. Refer back to that and make the commitment between you and God to be the intentional Christian grandparent that God would have you be. Amen?